1: Only interviews, Batman! Hi, this is Bert Ward-Robin from the TV series
2: Batman. You're listening to TV Confidential.
1: Wowie, Zowie!
2: it's fantastic! Your Excellency. I am ready. Ready for what? To be executed. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Well, then you're going to exile me, of course. Well, I've never heard such nonsense. An then what will become of me? you will become a member of our little community. You mean become one of the masses? <laughs> do like to think of ourselves that way. We're a free society, and you will be free to do or become whatever you want. Anything? Mm-hmm. Just
1: sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Ed Robertson, welcoming you to this week's edition of TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that will welcome back Louise Sorrell. In our second hour, Louise Sorrell, the actress known around the world as Vivian Alamein on Days of Our Lives. You'll recall that when Louise visited our program earlier this year, she mentioned that she had several writing projects in the works, including a series of essays. After that program aired, Louise and I had a conversation, and she mentioned that she'd like to share few of those essays with you. She will do that when she joins us in our second hour. Plus, she will pay tribute to two of her castmates on Days of Our Live, Peggy McKay and Joseph Moscolo. Louise Sorrell will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that coming up later on. This hour, we will play part two of a conversation that began last week with Phil Rosenzweig. Phil Rosenzweig, author of an excellent biography on television writer Reginald Rose that also tells the backstory of of his signature work, 12 Angry Men. Among other things, we will compare and contrast the 1957 motion picture version, 12 Angry Men, starring Henry Fonda, with the original television production starring Robert Cummings that originally aired as a segment of Westinghouse Studio One. We'll play part two of our conversation with Phil Rosenzweig later on in this hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we'll open up the program by welcoming back our friend James Rosen, Jim Rosen, actor, author, publisher. Jim has written and published many, many books on American pop culture, including books on rock and roll music, the history of the Philadelphia A's. He did a documentary on the Philadelphia A's. Plus, Jim has written and published several oral histories of some of the great TV dramas of the 60s and 70s. Jim has two new books out, both of which are novellas, Uh, We'll tell you about those in just a second. He has also just published the memoirs of one of my favorite actors and an actor who I know all of you listening know from his many, many appearances in movies and on television, Nehemiah Persoff. Nehemiah Persoff recently celebrated his 102nd birthday this summer. He turned 102 the first week of August. That probably makes Nehemiah Persoff the oldest living Hollywood character actor today while he retired from acting 30 years ago that did not stop him from being a creative person Nehemiah Persoff spent the next 25 years of his life painting and sketching well the last two years have seen Nehemiah turn more to writing including a new play and his memoirs the many faces of Nehemiah which Jim Rosen recently published we'll tell you more about the book in just a second Jim Rosen welcome back to our program well, I'm, I'm
0: great to be great to be back with you, Ed.
1: Now you've mentioned this to me off the air. I'm going to mention this on the air for the benefit of our listening audiences. You have a personal connection to Nehemiah Persoff.
0: I guess you could say we're distantly related. Actually, I think it was my step grandmother was his cousin. So when I went to California, I uh, <laughs> the, the Persoff family welcomed me with open arms, and. Uh, we became very, very close, and they became like my family during the eleven years I lived in LA. And he would introduce me to people at times. This is my cousin Jimmy Rosen, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> so they they were they were grand, and we've 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 remained in touch and close contact for the last fifty some years.
1: And many of the stories that uh, Nehemiah or Nikki. As Jim calls him, shares in the many faces of Nehemiah are stories you heard firsthand during your eleven years when you're an actor here in l a and i'm sure I'm sure you've heard many, many other stories in the subsequent two decades since
0: oh yeah i there were many times when I sat at the family kitchen table out in the San Fernando Valley and listened to a plethora of stories and anecdotes about his life in New York and later hollywood and and not only from him, but from actors that came to visit, and there was a lot to tell, you know.
1: Well, he's had a very, very rich life. Um, look, mm-hmm. any anybody who comes to this country from another country, that that that's a perspective that not everybody has, and not everybody can understand. And uh, Nick is a great, great storyteller. Very, very. Very, very vivid, gives you a lot of insight into what it means to be a stranger in a strange land, uh, coming to the U.S. in the Depression, but he was born in Israel. He spent his first 10 years there before he came to the U.S., and he never lost sight of his roots. So that It was very important that who he is as a Jewish person, as opposed to a Jewish American, that there was always a very important part of his fabric
0: oh absolutely and I think you know aside from Broadway and Hollywood and movies and TV and and working in various parts of the world and interacting with all kinds of people what makes the book different from other Hollywood stories is it presents a different kind of narrative Uh, you know in coming from Jerusalem a story about his cultural and ethical clash in life and with the entertainment industry. I can expound a little bit on that if you'd like. Um,
1: This this is the Jim Rosen Show. You can expound on whatever you
0: want. Bless your heart, thank you. Um, He grew up amidst a very special culture, as you mentioned, uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, The atmosphere was kind of biblical and idealistic, and there were a lot of people that were coming to what, what, what then was known as the British Mandate of Palestine, uh, subsequently, years later, it became the, uh, the State of Israel after the War of Independence. And in Palestine, you had a huge number of, of Jewish people that were coming from places like Poland and Russia, where uh, Jewish folks were severely oppressed and anti-Semitism flourished. So these people that came to Palestine were very idealistic and hungry to build to prosper and the idea of zionism was very prevalent because that was a movement where the jew the jewish folks felt that they should have a state of their own and be able to live in peace and harmony and and live with dignity and security and the reason why they picked palestine because was because that you know thousands of years before that's where the israelites were so it just felt like Home to them. There was also a huge uh, Arabic population there, uh, but they seemed to get along uh, fairly well. Uh, in any event, growing up in an atmosphere like that had a very profound effect on Nick, I think. And uh, he found himself in a kind of a whirlwind of ideas. And as I said, it was the mindset was somewhat biblical and idealistic. And there was a fraternity between all these. These Jewish people, there were, which brought a you know a, a curiosity about life to him and a concern for other people, in a way that I think many uh, people of his age in other countries uh, didn't possess. And so you can imagine a boy of what, a seven, eight, nine years old, struggling with all these ideas, and then all of a sudden he finds himself on a ship headed for New York with his two older sisters. And he meets all these people from all over the world, you know, the French, the German, the Greek, the British. And these people knew nothing about what was happening in Jerusalem, and they really didn't care. And then he finds himself living in the Williamsburg section of Brooklyn. And most of the boys that he encountered, Jewish and Gentile, who were his age, were far different from the people in Jerusalem. And I think he felt they were more interested in advancing their own fortune than they were in having a pride in being Jewish or a concern for others, a curiosity about life. Uh, So there he was, the only one in the neighborhood from Jerusalem with the name of Nehemiah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The many faces of Nehemiah, the memoirs of uh, Nehemiah Persoff, the great character actor Nehemiah Persoff, the many... Faces of Nehemiah available through classic TV dot com, classic TV dot com, as well as Amazon dot com, where books are sold online. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Jim Rosen is the publisher of the many faces of Nehemiah. He is also a blood relative, and that they are distant cousins, and so there's a personal aspect to this, and that you've heard these stories many, many times before, and I'm sure it's just great pride, point of pride. I would imagine it's very good to play a direct role in in helping Nick share these stories to the public.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I, I love the man dearly. Um, as I said, his, he and his late wife were so wonderful to me. Uh, I got along very well with the four children who are all grown now. Um, they truly made me part of the family, and I had no family out there, and I would talk to my parents in Philadelphia, you know, uh, periodically, but I I really had not much uh, interaction with them uh, uh, during that time, so that was very important for me. You You needed that, you know, because Hollywood can be a very lonely place, and Unlike where I grew up, you didn't walk the streets that much and you didn't see people. Uh, you had to get in the car and drive great distances. So to have a, uh, an attachment to a family out there and have a, a home, home base feeling was very important. I would say that some of the actors that I've, I've, I've met in my travels working with, and, uh, with them and, and just casually meeting them at some point through other people, uh, it was. I was very uh, elated to hear what they had to say about Nick, particularly if they work with him. I remember one, one man in particular, Milburn Stone, who was Doc, uh, Doc, Doc Adams. At, uh, yeah, a terrific speak, yeah. man. Uh, I remember once in Beverly Hills uh, meeting him, and I told him that my association with Nick, and uh, and for one moment he, he he was just like Doc Adams on those twenty years of that series. And he looked at me and he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, you ever want to get an acting lesson, you do a scene with Nicky Persoff. And uh, it, it it was a very nice moment because I could see the affection that he had for him. I remember also when I did the Wagon Train book and talked to Ernest Borgnine, who was a wonderful man, really was, he said to me, he did work with Nicky in a movie he and Alan Ladd called The Badlanders. There's a picture of it in the book. And when he he found out of my association with him, he said, uh, Oh, Nicky, where is he? <laughs> I said, Well, he's in Northern California. He said, I, I want to contact him. <laughs> so, <laughs> a couple of days later, I happened to talk to Nick. I said, i I spoke to Ernest Borgnine. and he said he wanted to contact you. He said, Yeah, I got a letter from him in the mail today <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Borgnine was like Humphrey Bogart used to say you know he was not privy to the lost to to uh, what was it, what was the expression he used the he said letter writing was a lost art, yes, so he used to write letters to people, yeah. like Bogart did, you know, and uh I just thought that was interesting. Uh, there were there's many others. I know when I did Adam 12 and I, I said to Marty Milner when we were uh, driving in the car to, uh, about to shoot a scene, I said, uh, my cousin Nicky did uh, Route 66. He says, who was that? I said, Nehemiah Persev. And he, he looked, turned around looked at me, he did two. <laughs> he, what 12 14 years later 14 years later he remembered yeah. that Nick had done two episodes they happened to be two very memorable shows but uh, I just thought and I felt that he had that kind of a pr- impression on people I think particularly because of his artistic integrity and because he you know he really
1: came from a different kind of culture Jim Rosen is on the line with us. Jim is the publisher of the many faces. Of Nehemiah, the memoirs of his cousin Nehemiah Persoff, one of the great character actors from film, stage, and television of the twentieth century, in the many faces of Nehemiah, Nehemiah Persoff looks back at his early childhood in Jerusalem, his arrival in America during the Great Depression, his early career as a technician in the New York subway system, and how his desire to act early as as a young man often came into conflict with the practical reality of earning a living and Nick's remarkable transition to Broadway, movies, and television. Nehemiah Persoff, you know this, Jim, Nehemiah Persoff is a great storyteller. He creates vivid pictures of the many characters that he grew up with uh, when he was a kid in Brooklyn, New York. And how he often drew upon those real-life characters whenever he played gangsters in movies and on television. There are a lot of great memories of Nehemiah Persoff working with James Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, Shelley Winters, Boris Karloff, Elia Kazan, Lee Strasberg, John Wayne, Rod Steiger, Marlon Brando, many, many others. The many faces of Nehemiah Persoff available through ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com Classic tvseriesbooks.com as well as amazon.com i don't remember whether it was tony curtis who said this or one of the many directors that nick worked with uh throughout his career but nehemiah persoff could do anything comedy drama character leading man He, what you asked him to do he could do it and then some
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Listen, he would go from a very dramatic role on Route sixty six or Naked City to playing a uh, an exiled dictator in Gilligan's Island. <laughs> that's right. Know?
1: That's right. That's right. You know. Yeah, that
0: that was a classic. That episode where he uh, he played that character. Um, I think it's. A, it, I, I'd like to mention uh, uh, why uh, how he really got into this. Growing up in in uh, Williamsburg in, in Brooklyn also uh, was a time of a terrible depression. Mm-hmm. And the, those hardships added to the conflict that he faced, you know, and so uh, that in addition to being confronted with the burdens and problems of, uh, uh, of someone in, in his early teens should not have to face. I think that's why he took refuge in the movie theater and he would go and spend the whole Saturday watching the cartoons and the film shorts and the movies and the live shows. And then, as, as you were making reference to before, he would come back home, and his parents and his brothers and sisters wanted to know all about the movies that he saw, and he would enact the characters and telling the stories. And <laughs> he really he found he had a talent for it, and it was very evident because then he would take the stories the following day and embellish and dramatize them more and perform them for all the other kids in the neighborhood jewish italian irish and he garnered quite an audience so in essence he he went from becoming an unwelcome uh, foreigner to someone who was accepted and had something to offer and then i would touch on something you brought up in a conversation we had about a responsibility as an actor
1: before we started recording, Jim and I were getting caught up because we haven't talked to each other in a while, and uh, Jim recently appeared at the um, Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention in Maryland, and one of the people that um, appeared that weekend was another old friend, Louis Gossett Jr., and uh, Lou, Lou has been on our program a few months ago, and like Nehemiah Persoff, Louis Gossett Jr., throughout his career, he felt a responsibility to approach his craft and when selecting roles, selecting roles that were true to who he was and who he felt comfortable with as a person, but also he felt a responsibility to his people. In Lou's case, the African-American people. In Nick's case, the Jewish people
0: yeah particularly in the 1930s when he was growing up the, the you know you had the advent of the Nazis in Germany and they vowed to make the world a better place to live in by eliminating the Jewish people so as a teenager I think he wondered what he could do to earn a life that Hitler deemed him unworthy of and he began to believe that if his talent for making people laugh and cry and uh, telling these stories if nurtured could qualify him for the gift of life. So I think by the time he was about 18, he realized that acting was what he wanted to do. And in the acting profession, actors were in a favored position. He felt they could present ideas to an audience that could change how they felt, change life. And as an actor, he would have that responsibility to convey those ideas to the audience which was a very important tool to make life better for everyone and the responsibility that you uh, talked about with me.
1: Jim Rosen is the publisher of The Many Faces of Nehemiah, the memoirs of his cousin, Nehemiah Persoff, one of the greatest character actors in the history of film and television. We'll talk some more Jim Rosen after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential.
2: Now, fellow delegates... There comes a time in the life of every business executive when he starts thinking about retirement. I am looking around for somebody to fill my shoes. I've been considering several candidates. For instance, there's a certain party from Chicago, Southside Chapter. Now, some people say he's gotten a little too big for his spats. I say, he's a man who'll go far. Some people say, he's gone too far! But I say, you can't keep a good man down. Of course, he's still got a lot to learn. That big noise he made on St. Valentine's Day, that wasn't very good for public relations. And let them two witnesses get away, that sure was careless.
1: Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, Have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit